episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome back to Creep Time, everybody, with Silas Dean and Stu. I hope everybody had an amazing holiday season. Did you get a good rest, Miss Stu? I did get a good rest, and now I'm just in the full fog until New Year's. <laughs> I had in my notes, I was like, ask her if she got a good rest, and then tell her you're going to pull the rug out from under her. <laughs> <laughs> well, good news, I get to pull the rug out from under you, too, with a premium app. You do, creepers. Well, we should say, because we are recording today on the 28th, although this episode is going to be out Friday, but today is the day that Miss Gypsy Rose Blanchard, that's her name, right? The full name, Gypsy yes. Rose Blanchard, she is getting released today. I am adjacent to that case. I don't know everything about it. Of course, I know it's about Munchausen's by proxy, but you are going to lead our premium episode where you are going to run me top to bottom through that story, and oh. I don't know if I... I only have two Schweppes on my left here, Stu. I might have to get a third. <laughs> I'm going to be and real. I'm running dry. I'm fully dry right now, which is crazy to me. So you that know is, it's bad. Yeah. I've been drinking Pinot Grigio since I've been watching Ramona on Housewives. She's got me into Pinot Grigio. That's real influence. Genuine influence. Ramona needs an IV of Pinot Grigio to her arm the moment she walks in my door. <laughs> But the thing is, like, she does. Like, that's yeah. It's a non-negotiable. My favorite line was Luann <laughs> going, "What other tricks do you have up your Pinot-filled ass?" <laughs> I forgot that she said that. It's so, so out iconic. of pocket. It's it's oh icon- It's God. historic. That's what I'm saying. So, <laughs> creepers, for anyone who is not a premium subscriber, please make sure to go check out the premium episode, which is also going to drop this week, covering the Gypsy Rose Blanchard case, led by Miss Stew. And as a heads up, as promised. Oh, I was about to say premium, premium, premium. <laughs> Please, it's vacation. It's the holidays. Premium subscriptions are going to be available on Apple Podcasts as well. They have ex- been exclusive to Spotify for a long time. Starting 2024, you can get that on Apple as well. But for today, for the regular episode, I do have a very, very eerie case to cover. I have not told you yet what we're going to do. I don't think. Have I? I know. I was going to say, I don't even know what we're doing. (laughs) I think I've talked about this in the past, but I don't know that you know this story. It has been requested by a lot of people, and I've seen other creepers talk about this um, like in our Reddit threads and our comments, and they say, of all the cases, this is like one that is truly like a 
like, what the F kind of case. Like, what happened to this girl? I just choked. (laughs) So... I think that we have been on this theme where we've been covering a lot of trafficking cases or potential trafficking cases. And a few of them have really stuck out to me through the years that I've looked at. And one in particular is this story, Amy Lynn Bradley. Do you know that name at all? Why does that sound so familiar? Amy Lynn Bradley. I might have I might have mentioned it to you like in passing, like maybe a year ago, because I covered it on YouTube a long time ago. But to kind of just like quickly jump into the context of the top line. Amy Lynn Bradley was a young woman at just 23 years old when she embarked on a cruise with her family. And it was her father, her mother, and her brother. They were all aboard a ship. And I think it was like sometime early in the morning um, where her father woke up and saw her sitting on the balcony of the cruise ship, closed his eyes, dozed off for maybe 15 minutes, opened his eyes. She was gone. Now, it was originally presumed that Amy had maybe gone overboard, which was either accidental or it was her taking her own life. But then, suspicions soon grew that there was a much grander plot afoot. There was evidence to suggest that people aboard this ship had been preying on Amy and developed a scheme to capture and smuggle her off of the ship when they docked in Curacao. So this is a look into her final days aboard the ship before she disappeared forever. <sighs> is that jogging anything for you? Or is it still it's, just... It, it sounds like... Um, there's a book I read that's kind of similar called like The Woman in Cabin 10. That's like on a, it's like one of those like Gone Girl-esque oh my novels. God. And this sounds like the real life version of it. So I am How very old is it? I wonder if it was inspired by this. It probably was because it's only, it definitely, the book came out like within the last like five years, I want to say. And it's supposed to be like option for a movie. So I bet you anything it was inspired by this. I mean, this was a pretty huge story back. It happened in 99. So this is, or 98, I think. So this was a big story back in the day, but it's officially been, I mean, over 25 years at this point since her case first broke. Also, I'm having the hardest time remembering to keep this mic at my mouth. Creepers, if we sound a little (laughs) bit different, it's because we're home for the holidays. We have travel mics, so we don't have our usual setup. So we have these like little (laughs) handheld mics and we have to keep (laughs) them basically glued to our lips if we're going to be audible. So just something I'm, I'm keeping top of mind. But there is something really chilling about this story. But I, before I really get into like the meat of it and all the details, I just want to thank everybody again for stopping by to listen to Creep Time, the podcast, right after the holiday season. I know, Stu knows, it's not easy. You got a lot of stuff on your plate because people are like trying to catch up from being off from work. They've been with their families. It's a very busy time, but we really, really thank you for taking the time out of your day to come and hang out with Stu and I for another episode of Creep Time, the podcast. And of course, of course all of the support on Creep Time After Dark and The Sinister. That has meant the absolute world to us. So thank you, guys. That was wonderful. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad that it's been well-received. It, it's, but I just think it was like so out of left, especially After Dark. I don't think they knew what was coming with Creep Time After Baby, Dark. Baby, that's left. That's after. That's out of left, right, and center field. <laughs> if, you're, if you've been listening to After Dark, congratulations. 
Congratulations. <laughs> some of them have plowed through. I saw somebody say, help me. I have plowed through all five episodes of After Dark and The Sinister, and I'm caught up on Creep Time. <laughs> and I was like, do you want to just get on the phone with me? Like, wh- wh- yeah. what can we do? How can we, how can we make this better together? So thank you, everybody, for listening. Please make sure that if you are listening to this podcast, and whether you're a new listener or you're an old listener, make sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast and turn on the bell notification because you never know when Stu and I may drop a surprise episode or give a giveaway announcement. And we would also appreciate it if, of course, you could leave us a review. We love reading positive reviews. And of course, any comments or word of mouth where you tell your friends, your family, and the folks at home, that helps us as well. It helps the show to grow. So thank you guys. But with that, I'm not going to fuss about it, baby. I'm going to get into it. Are you ready? Get into it. <clears throat> Hold on. I'm going to crack open my second Schweppes. <laughs> you know what's crazy? Last time I was home and we did a recording, I had Schweppes. Do you remember that? It was a long ass time that. ago. It might have been last Christmas. And I was going to say, where the hell is my 7-Eleven Big Gulp right baby. now? Oh, baby, that cracked. Oh, I know. <laughs> When they talk about Ramona, Ramona needing Pinot in her arm, I'm like, well, well, that's Stu with a Diet Dr. Pepper. Hundred percent. Well, Sprite Zero, baby. That's true. (laughs) They're powderizing it. It's going up the nose. Up the nose. So let's get into our backstory, just so I can give you a little bit of context about Amy Lynn Bradley. But I guess I should ask you before I do. It's sinister. I mean, disappearing (laughs) off a cruise ship can be nothing but sinister. I I can't like I'm already unwell because you know that I don't love the idea of like not being able to get out or like I know just kind of like liminal space and it's that's insane to me it's like the it's it's like uncharted waters or like the openness of the ocean like something about that but yeah when when I get into the meat of this case too this is not only is it like you know sinister for the reasons of her disappearing off the ship but the way this was handled by like the crew and the captain on the ship, it's either like horrific negligence or it's conspiracy. So we do have some theories on her disappearance to talk through, but it will infuriate you. It will infuriate you once you hear this. So what exactly do we know about Amy Lynn Bradley in the years that led up to her disappearance before she came aboard the ship? So Amy was born in 1974, May 12th, in Petersburg, Virginia. And for anyone, I think, who's familiar with that area, it was close to Chesterfield County, I read, which I'm not personally familiar with, but that was where Amy and her family grew up. Now, for a bit of backstory on her life and growing up in this area, she was known as a very outgoing kid, and she was a star athlete. Like, she was an avid basketball player, very tall for her age, excellent swimmer, which eventually, you know, we're going to talk about why that plays into the theory of her maybe going overboard and why that wouldn't make sense. And eventually, she was so good at sports and basketball in particular that she gets a full scholarship to Longwood University. And she, I read this, I did not know it, was actually the first student at Longwood University to receive a full ride on a basketball scholarship. She was that exceptional. Oh my God. Also, my grandmother went there. Are you serious? Yeah, she went to Longwood. Oh my god, I didn't know that. Every time, How I swear, crazy. every case there's like a little like tidbit in there that like somehow connects back where we're like, oh, I know that. I know, just a little, but like no, but I feel like I never hear of anybody going to Longwood because it used to be. I wonder if this might have anything to do with it, but I think it used to be like an all girls university, and then I'm oh, sure by the time gotcha. Amy went there, 
they were like getting more progressive and stuff. So that kind of tracks that she would get the first that first big scholarship for basketball. Yeah, like maybe I they're guess. just expanding as a school. And I think she graduated yeah. in 96. So that would probably have been a time where maybe they were expanding, even maybe the decade when they went co-ed. I'm not sure. But yeah. yeah, she was kind of painted as like this very, very well-rounded and exceptional young athlete. And while she was in school, I think she studied physical education. She got her degree in that. And it was described, I think, at the time that she was going to maybe pursue her master's. But following graduation, she had already secured a job. She was going to be working at a computer consulting firm fresh out of school, I think, as like an assistant and like a marketing assistant. Um, Not totally sure, but that was the plan for now. She also worked part-time as a lifeguard because, again, she's a great swimmer, which will play into a later part of the story. But the real heat of this mystery happens aboard the ship. So let's get into that. So the story really begins back in 1998. This is when the Bradley family, it was, some people describe it as they won a cruise, but I don't think it was quite that. I think the family was gifted a cruise, like via the father's job. Like, I think the story is that he had such an exceptional work performance that work had basically, I think he worked in sales. I think work had gifted him like, you know, excellent quarter. We would love to like pay for you and your family to go on this, you know, trip. It's a Royal Caribbean cruise liner and it was called Rhapsody of the Seas. Now, because Amy had recently graduated from college, of course, she would be joining the family, her mother, her father, and her brother. And the whole trip is supposed to be celebratory for the family as a whole. The father had a great year in sales or with work. Amy graduated from college. She's going to be starting work. So that was the jumping off point. It was also described that at the time, although Amy had some reservations and anxieties about traveling and specifically being (laughs) on a cruise liner, like she was a little fearful of the open ocean like that, she was excited to join her family on this trip to go see, you know, all of the places they would be docking. And she had been tanning in the weeks prior. I don't know why that detail stuck out to me, but... Again, it just, it's these little details like this that kind of steer me away from any of the theories that she jumped overboard. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Like, it sounds like she was excited to go. Yeah. she. It sounded like she had things like, like a plan set in motion. There's even more little details like that that we'll sum up. But I just wanted to throw that out there um, just from the get-go. And one interesting thing that I found here that also supports this is that on the day they board the ship, I think the whole family flew down to Puerto Rico. Uh, They were first going to be docking in Aruba. Amy had actually purchased a postcard from one of the shops at the dock and she sent it to an address of her friend saying like how beautiful everything looked already. She was so excited for the trip and she even gave her a time when she's going to be home. She's like, I'll be back on Saturday, this date, 10 o'clock. Which, again, to me, showed the intention that she clearly, clearly has plans to return from this trip. And it just keeps kind of ruling out this weird suspicion that Amy was, like, planning to take her own life. So -hmm. then, do we go to the alternate? Did she just disappear because she fell overboard? You know? Mm Mm-hmm. Now, upon boarding the ship, they realized just how luxurious and grand this ship was. Oh, my God. I have pictures. Hold on. Wait. <laughs> Give me a second, baby. Give me a picture. I got it. You know, if you say you luxurious it, you and it, grand, I'm like, I need to see. <laughs> I know. I don't have much pic- many pictures of um the like the interior of the cruise liner, but I have seen videos of it, and it is pretty spectacular. 
So the pictures I'm going to send you, because I already made a Reddit post for this, because I was overzealous. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I wanted, I wanted you to be able to follow along. Let's see. I'm going to drop you this link in our chat. <laughs> Hold on. I've, one hand on the computer, one hand on the Schweppes. And it's and how important. are you holding up the little travel mic? That's Baby, I can't say that on air, but I'll let your imagination <laughs> take the wheel. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, it came through. Let me check this. Check yeah, out so this is, these are, it's kind of in chronological order of the story too. Again, for any creepers okay. that do want to follow along with pictures, we have this Reddit post up. Um, so you'll see pictures of Amy. The first one is her actually on the ship that was taken on the ship. I think her first night on the ship. Oh, wow. This is such a like distinct vibe, like 1990s glamour shot on the nice cruiser. Totally. Totally. Even the one with her brother, it's a little weird. It's a little like prom picture. And I know yeah. they were posed like that by a photographer who like didn't get it, but like it's just very funny to see, I don't know, siblings in like a prom photo style. Yeah, totally. Do you oh see the cruise God. liner? I think it's the fifth yeah. picture in. Yeah. It's a huge ship. I mean, really huge. Really impressive. So they board that, and I think it's carrying something like I've seen varying reports, but I heard like between 2,400 to like 3,000 passengers on it, multiple levels, multiple decks filled with activities, dining halls, um, casinos, like dance halls. It is massive and probably very easy to get lost on. So on their very first night, on the cruise, the ship would first dock in Aruba where the entire family got off. They spent the day together. They were dining. They were shopping. Eventually, they'd make their way back on the ship that night because I think they have a scheduled formal dinner, which is what you're seeing in those pictures with her and her mm-hmm. brother sort of dressed up. So Amy and her brother Brad, and yes, his name is Brad Bradley. I had to double, like, <laughs> double check that. Um, they showed up dressed to the nines. The photographer aboard the ship took a picture of Amy, which is really important that we remember because some of these pictures mysteriously go missing from the ship's log and we don't exactly know why so what was interesting to me about this formal dinner in the banquet hall is that there were several employees who were described i think ship waiters who were very interested in talking to amy you know she's this very pretty um attractive like 23 year old girl and she's dressed up beautifully she looks gorgeous And one of them had actually passed over a message to invite her to come off the ship that night since they're docked in Aruba and come out to a club with them. So she gets the message and she kind of politely declines and she's like, no, I'm not not coming off the ship. I'm going to hang out with my brother tonight. We're going to go to the ship's casino. And I was like, I'm I'm with you, girl. Like, 100%. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, that sounds familiar for us. Yeah. So, and I think her parents also, because this technically was like a business trip for her father a little bit like some of his associates are on the ship so he's like i'm gonna go off with your mother we're gonna have drinks with one of my associates you know you two go have fun so that's exactly what they do her and her brother they go off they go to the casino um but i just wanted to call attention to that like that weird blip where like employees are kind of stepping over a boundary very quick to say like oh you're really pretty like would you want to come off the ship with us Mm -hmm. you know like it's a little that's a little weird, especially weird to like relay that to someone who's having dinner with their family. Yeah. And also I'm sure her parent, I, I well, what I thought immediately was like, I, did she tell her parents 
quickly or like yeah was i think ever- they knew i think they knew. yeah yeah because it was like expressed to the whole table like some girl came over and she was like um there's a couple of guys who are just wandering over there they work for the ship if like you wanted to come over like come off the ship and maybe go to a club with us tonight and she's like no <laughs> i so, don't know you guys that's so crazy but it makes me feel even though i know this case is going to take a dark turn it mm-hmm. makes me feel better to know that like it wasn't some like moment in the shadows like it was actually like in front of her brother and family like they knew that as a fact about totally totally yeah what's crazy about this you're very right and i was thinking a lot about the timing of how this all goes down because it's very fast like everybody acts very fast and i'll get to it in the story but it's crazy how you can move so quick for a disappearance and it still sometimes just doesn't matter like somebody's already gone Mm. 15 minutes Saw her on the balcony, closes his eyes for 15 minutes. She's gone. That's insane. It's crazy. So what happens after this? So her and her brother, they wrap up dinner. The parents leave. They end up going to the ship casino and they gamble. And they actually make a decent amount of money. I think they both walked with like 150 bucks, which was sick. And they make their way to the top deck of the ship where they're kind of organizing their money. Now, at this point, the parents wrap up drinks with their friend, the father's associate, and they make their way to the upper deck where they stumble upon the brother Brad and Amy. They let the parents know, like, oh, we're going down to this, like, disco on the ship because they're going to have a limbo contest. And there's a live band. And what's crazy about this, too, and I can send you links to this in Creepers. You will see this, too. There was a videographer on the ship who was there to capture promotional footage that would later be used in, like, commercials for the ship. So... They're shooting video, like real video of the dance floor that night. So you see Amy on the dance floor, like up close, like up, cl- like you literally, Stu, you can see a picture of it. If you scroll in those photos on Reddit, it's number seven. Yeah. I'm looking with the yellow and Amy. Mm-hmm. Yellow okay. is the, one of the suspects. His nickname was yellow. He was one of the band okay. members, but he's one of our suspects. But yeah, she's, it's like this up close and personal, the video. Isn't that nuts? So weird. So I'll keep going. They make their way down to the dance hall. All this footage is happening. And the brother ends up winning the the limbo contest that night. Small detail. And then I think the parents are tired. They're like, we're going to go back to the cabin. Amy and Brad, you stay out. You have fun. Now, the significance of this club, to get into this, the band that was there, this is the basis of conspiracy. This is like where it all starts because Amy sort of struck up a conversation with the band or at least one of the band members and particularly this guy that we'll focus on. His name was Yellow, nickname. And believe it or not, there is actual footage, like B-roll, of them talking, like showing their initial exchange, which could have been the actual moment that like the seed was planted, you know, like he's preying on her. Mm-hmm. It's just, I can't, it's, it's difficult to explain it now, but in the full, like big picture of this case, it's very chilling to me that that footage exists. Well, it's chilling to even look at this photo and I won't read too, too much into it. Cause I know it's just one shot in time, but like mm-hmm. they're, like she's like looking down at the floor and everybody else is kind of like looking up, like vibing, dancing. She and he's pretty close to her. She already kind of looks a little uncomfortable. To, like maybe he pursued her and he was like, dance with me, dance with me. Yeah. And she's like just uncomfy and kind of like yes. backed into a corner. 
Because yeah. what was described was that, I guess I'll anchor this, I'll keep going a little bit to talk about, like, because her dad wakes up in the cabin and then, like, goes back to the dance floor to, like, check on his kids. When he gets there, this is, like, 2.30 in the morning, he sees Brad, the brother. Brad's off dancing with, like, three different girls. Like, he's in a group of girls totally separate from his sister. So he's not really watching over Amy. And this is not to throw Brad under the bus whatsoever. I don't think he, it looked like Amy was in any danger. But Amy is off having, like, a full-on conversation with the band. It's just unclear about who initiated that conversation. Mm-hmm. So they reconvene on the dance floor, Amy and her brother, because the dad just went there to check on them. And he was like, oh, they're here. They're still hanging out and partying. I'm just going to go back to bed. Sometime around 3.30 to 3.35, Brad first comes back to the room. Amy followed him. She came back in five minutes later. So then the two of them went to the balcony in the cabin to have a smoke together. The father remembers waking up in bed. He saw both Brad and Amy. They're out on the balcony. And he actually called out to Amy. And he was like, can you turn the light out in the bathroom? You left the light on. So again, they go back out there after she does that. And they're just hanging out on this balcony. It's like four in the morning. To be clear for everybody, it is a closed balcony. There is no additional access from any of the other rooms. It's just their cabin. Now, according to Brad, his side of the story... Amy and him, they sat on that balcony for maybe 20, 30 minutes, super late, just hanging out, having a cigarette. And they were talking about, what do you you want to do tomorrow? Because we're going to be docked in Carousel. And, you know, maybe we can go jet skiing. We can be in the water, just like planning out the day. And they're pretty sober at this point. So eventually, it rolls around close to 4.30. Brad's like, okay, I'm going to go into bed. Are you coming in? And Amy says, don't worry. I'll be right behind you. I'm just going to stay out and have another cigarette. This would be the last time he ever sees his sister. So then would come the final witness statement from the family of anybody ever seeing Amy Lynn Bradley. That morning, her father woke up. He's in bed and he looked at the clock. It was 5.15. He looked to the balcony and he saw Amy sitting on the balcony alone. All he saw were her legs kind of dangling in the chair and he assumed he's like, Uh, She might have just fallen asleep out there, but Mm -hmm. it it just, like, wouldn't be worth it to go out there and, like, disturb her, like, wake her up. Because we're going to be getting up in, like, a minute anyway, and the ship's going to be docked. He's like, just let her sleep. He closed his eyes. Fifteen minutes, closed his eyes. Opened them again. It's 5.30. Amy is gone from the balcony. So he gets up to check the balcony. He was like, wait a second, what's going on? It appears that she took her lighter and her cigarettes with her, but she left her shoes, which was really odd and kind of indicated to him. He's like, okay, well, she's not in the room. So, I mean, if she walked out without her shoes, she must not be going far, right? Like she wouldn't just roam the ship without shoes. So maybe she was just running to go grab something at the vending machine, right? Like a Gatorade or something. Mm -hmm. Didn't find any note. And she was a person who would often leave notes if she was leaving a room which was interesting. But he started to feel just a little concerned because she still wasn't coming back immediately. Didn't wake up the brother, didn't wake up the mother. He's like, I'm going to put on my shoes and just go for a walk on the upper deck because maybe she ran out to like grab a cup of coffee. So her father, he goes up to the top deck of the ship and he starts looking around for her. And the further he goes, the more and more frantic he's becoming because he is like spinning in circles. And he it's not like a very densely populated ship this early in the morning, and he cannot find her anywhere. 
Literally, she's nowhere. So he then, after an hour, comes back down to the cabin and he's frantic. So he wakes up his wife and Brad and he just starts like unraveling a little bit. And Amy's mother actually talks about this in interviews, how she immediately knew how serious it was because of the look on her husband's face. And she wasn't used to seeing like that kind of fear and like panic in him. Like even if something was like mildly wrong, he would have his head on, but like he was getting a sense like something's really wrong here. And I don't know where Amy is. I can't find her. So timing wise, just to like kind of paint the picture here, they had, they're pulling up to the dock of carousel at this point, but they have not docked. It's like still around like 6 AM. So, we think it was maybe like a half hour bef- like before they were officially going to dock that like Amy has gone missing from the cabin. We just don't really have a way to explain it. So all three remaining members of the family, they frantically and immediately go to seek help with the crew and the captain. And this is where things get very, very troubling about how this was handled. But before I go any further, just some initial thoughts on like that moment of realization. <sighs> All I can think about is my own father. I know would be losing it because, like that, that feeling of okay, my kids are back from their night out, they're home safe, mm-hmm. and then to have that ripped from him that fast, I'm I'm sure that's why. Of course, he's frantic, running around because she's missing, but also he just saw her. Like that's got to be one of the worst feelings ever. Like to think someone is safe and then they're not there. So that initially just struck me but i really my gut at first was like i don't think that she would have gone overboard well that was sleep that's the thing yeah well he it's confusing i feel like on a cruise ship to lose somebody because your your panic instinct is like they're either on the ship lost or in trouble yeah or they're off the ship in the water and i'm losing time you know like that's such an awful feeling and it's so i have to say it's so rare that people fall off cruise ships, you know, accidentally. Yeah. So I guess the other logical assumption, I can see why people were like, well, is it possible she just jumped? But nothing points to that. It doesn't. Yeah, because I feel like in moments too of like, let's say a mental health crisis or something, mm-hmm. you're kind of on the high of whatever, like drinking or drugs you're on. And it seems like at this point, she was coming down from the night. Like she was having a cigarette and just kind of like sleeping out, like hanging out on the balcony. It wasn't like talking with her brother, planning their yeah. day, planning yeah. the next day. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh. And I should also say, just to paint the picture, like I said, the ship is about to dock at this point. So where they're at in the ocean is fairly close to shore. So if she were to have jumped, not only was it likely that it was shallow enough that it would have been it would have been more likely that she could have just, she would float or tread water, or let's say she fell in and she did die, it would be likely her body would wash up, as grim as that is. Right. And that that just never happened. Nor did anyone seem to witness her, because of course, when they alert the crew and the captain, allegedly, they, you know, they search the waters, like, surrounding the ship. Like, is there anything in the distance that we see? Is, like, anyone out there, like, calling for help? There's nothing. There is nothing. So, although the ship, at this point, they had pulled up closer to dock in Carousel, um, the ship had not been opened. So, no one has been 
deboarded, right? They're everyone who was on the ship is still on the ship. So the family is like begging the captain, basically just like sound the alarm. Like this is an emergency. There is a person on this ship. And they said, please do not allow a single person to get off the ship until we can account for everybody. And like, there can be a search. Like, can we send people? There's a protocol to like send people to their emergency um, stations, basically to do like head counts and stuff. The captain basically outright refused to do this protocol. He was so concerned that it would raise alarm for the passengers, it would disrupt their experience, and he did not want to report Amy Lynn Bradley as missing, especially since the timing of this was like so recent. And he just he just wouldn't concede to the idea, I think for even like an hour, more than an hour, that like he had to make an announcement to like call her name over a public speaker. Mm-hmm. Because they never even say, we have a passenger, we need to locate, her name is Amy Lynn Bradley. They're like, Amy Lynn Bradley, please report to the purser's desk. And that came roughly like 7.20 to 7.30 a.m. And they're going to the captain by like 6 something. So like way too much time is already passing. But again, the captain was insistent that although, you know, they would have security help search the entirety of the ship... They were still going to do so after they officially docked and allowed everybody to get off of the ship so they wouldn't raise alarm and panic, which was by far the worst decision they could have made. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like this captain, <laughs> it's just, I don't know very much about like what sort of eventual settlement that Royal Caribbean may have given this family if they gave them anything, but they should absolutely be entitled to some form of settlement for the way that this was handled by the captain and crew. Like, that is sheer negligence. I mean, you can get an announcement made at JCPenney faster than that. Like, Seriously. Do you know how many times I've gone missing at a Walmart? And, like, people, you would think the SWAT team is coming in. Yeah. When I was a kid. Like, it's a cruise ship. It's very nefarious and strange circumstances. And they're they're not even saying, like, she might have gone overboard. Her parents are like, this is not like her. We think it's possible she could she could have been captured somewhere on yeah. this ship. Like they're being point blank about it. And the captain's like, you really don't know that. And we don't want to cause a panic on on a ship. It's just the second day of the cruise. It's just horrible. It's horribly <sighs> negligent. There's no other way around it. So because I think from the get-go, even her family were so certain about the idea that like she did not fall off the ship, I think the captain and crew take that as their opportunity to play devil's advocate and say, well, it's very possible. Do you think she may have been, you know, suicidal? Do you think that she may have wanted to jump off the ship? And they're just kind of gaslighting them and pacifying them to like waste time until they open the doors to the ship and let everybody off at the dock. Which is so stupid. It's it's so frustrating to like look at in hindsight, but, and when the FBI gets involved in this, they're like, sorry, (laughs) you did what it's crazy yeah you're letting you're like potentially letting the the perpetrator off of the ship exactly like it's it's their clear opportunity to if they did capture her to smuggle her off and that's what the family was fearful of they're like we are begging you like we will do anything just please don't let anyone off until the search is finished Mm mm-hmm 
So here's where things get even stranger. The announcement that would be coming around like 7.20 to 7.30 where the captain is going to say, Amy Lynn Bradley, please report to the purser's desk. Before that even happens, the only people who are technically aware of the situation, you know, being a missing girl on the ship would be the captain, the Bradley family, and a couple of security guards. In the midst of all three family members sort of frantically searching for Amy and like dealing with these people on the top decks of the ship, somebody approaches Brad, the brother. It's Yellow, the bassist from the band. And he comes up to him unprompted and goes, I'm really sorry to hear about what happened to your sister. And Brad like doesn't take full stock of that at the time because like his mind is just racing about like, oh my God, where is Amy? But there had been no formal announcement at the point that he said that. Nothing had, like, because even at 7.30 when they're like, Amy Lynn Bradley, please come to the purser's desk. They're not saying there's a missing woman. So why is this sketchy dude from, like, the bassist from the band saying, I'm so sorry to hear about your sister coming up to this family before anybody has any knowledge about that? And also, it's a massive freaking ship. Like, you gotta, you've gotta think that he was out looking for Brad or somebody from the family to like make that statement. Yeah, he like he's like lurking around kind of like yeah. kind of watching the family. It's so eerie. And at this point, I mean, when he says that, no one's deboarded the ship yet. So, it's very possible when he came up and said that Amy is being held captive currently in like someone's room somewhere. It's just oh my god, <sighs> the timing of this drives me crazy. It's just so so nuts how fast this happens. So, again, this would circle back to our eventual suspicion that is you know, the baseline that it's very possible the band members, or at least Yellow, who are all locals, they're locals of Carousel where they're docking, they may have had something to do with the capture and abduction of Amy Lynn Bradley. Whew. So now the contention between the family desperately trying to search for their daughter who they believe is being held captive on the ship. It's butt up against the security team and the captain who are really running the show here. It kind of boiled down to the captain, I guess, believing that it really is possible. He's like, I just really, you know, it's not logical for her to be captured so quickly. And you last saw her on a balcony, like as they're piecing the story together, they're just trying to make excuses to not run through their full search protocol And I'm not even sure, like, even if they were suggesting that she jumped off the ship or fell off the ship, why they wouldn't go back to search. But this is where, like, I think it's maritime law. You heard of that? Of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah, where things get a little sketchy, where for anybody who doesn't know, and this is not all cruise ships, this is kind of a blanket statement, but many cruise liners, they will adhere to the laws of the closest port, and typically they're going to fly the flag of the country which of which port they're closest to because they don't want to fly the flag of like say the US because we have very strict laws that you know have a lot of implications and liability for something like a passenger in your care going off the ship but if they're flying you know the flag of carousel or something that's maybe a little more lax with those laws or doesn't have quite as uh, strict of a liability around this it's a different story, and that is much, much more in line with the interest of the cruise liner from like a legal standpoint to protect themselves. So I don't know if that totally absolved them of protocol to like go look for Amy Lynn Bradley, but they certainly do not. They do not go back to look for this 
alleged body that they think is floating in the ocean somewhere. (laughs) But again, two separate conversations happening here. Because the captain thinks that she may not have gone overboard, maybe tried to commit suicide, the family believes she's abducted, she's captured. It could be somebody on the ship. And now the captain is allowing everybody to get off the ship, including those suspicious band members who are locals, (laughs) locals at the dock, Really, the family is presented with an ultimatum. You know, do they stay on the ship with the captain and the security team for the duration of the cruise, even though the security guards are saying, we've pretty much like done our sweep and we don't, we didn't find anything? Or do they try to get off the ship, stay where they're docked, and try to pursue this legally on the ground in that country, in Carousel? So it, it's, it's just like an impossible decision. Like, what do you do? Yeah, I was just thinking, like, this is just the crappiest of circumstances for them because they're trying to do the right thing. They tried to do the right thing early on, and now they're kind of up a creek without the paddle, and it's like, what do we do? Like, uh, there's really no great option here, but we have to pick something or else we're going to continue to lose time. I know. Well, I mean, it's just, it's frustrating to see this because it really comes down to the captain again, who is just so unhelpful, so uncaring, and so misguided that it's it's almost, it starts to bubble up this thought about conspiracy, especially when we talk about the trafficking scenario of this. It's like, well, why was he biding so much time? You know, why was he misguiding the efforts of this search up until the point where like we could get everybody off a ship? And when mm-hmm. I'm saying everybody, I mean like 2,000 people running off a ship at the dock. Like with luggage, suitcases, laundry baskets, like anything where you could smuggle a person off a ship and onto the land. And then it's <sighs> like, it's like a no man's land. Like it's wild west of like, you want to go find her? Find her. So basically what the family opts to do is they think at this point, she's not on the ship. She has been abducted and smuggled off the ship. They're in an unfamiliar place, but they decide we are going to try to find our daughter. So they decide to take everything off the ship, all of their luggage, and stay in Carousel. They get a hotel there because they really believe she has been trafficked. So that is what the Bradley family does. They end up getting a hotel right near the dock. And I think even on that first day, this could have been hysteria and the frantics of the parents, but... Several of them, I think the mother and the brother said they swore they could hear screaming coming from a car while they were like roaming the city, like asking oh people God. like with a picture of her, like, have you seen this girl? Have you seen this girl? And I think a witness actually does come forward. I'm not sure if it was on this day, but this event definitely happened on this day. It was a taxi driver. And he said, there was a woman, like a white woman who came to my car. It looks like that girl. And she was asking me if I had a phone but then she ran off somewhere. Like she just like ran from the taxi, like someone was chasing her, which is so scary to think if that was Amy. Oh my God. That just gave me like really like an upset stomach because in that moment, I wish she had just like gotten in the cab. And, you know, if that was her, Seriously. Then, like take me anywhere. Like, oh God. Yeah. Like I just say, like I'm being chased, but I think I don't. It's it's so tough to like make judgments about what could be going through the head of someone who's abducted because you're in fight or flight. So I just feel like your judgment could be impaired or like your strategic oh, totally. thinking is dimmed. I just feel so awful for like the whole family in this story. 
absolutely and not to mention they're running off of like fumes like they didn't sleep that night they've yeah seriously i mean the brother maybe has slept like what two hours and he's out here thinking like i think i heard her screaming from a car like he could be like a little delirious yeah panicked so where do we go from here i think what they're going to try to do basically is they're going they're planning to stay there they're like we have a hotel and we're going to pursue this with like law enforcement on the ground in this country, but they're also contacting legal forces back in the U.S. And I think this is the moment, let me check my research here, where the FBI gets involved. But I do just want to emphasize, the t- I want to reemphasize the timing of this and just how crazy that is. 5.15 to 5.30, she disappears. So then he knows by 6 a.m. So he's already like on the move. Like by 6 a.m., she is missing. She's missing and alerts the whole family. And by like 7, 7.30, that's when everybody gets off the ship. So really, there's like, this all kind of went down in like an hour or two. Isn't that weird? It's beyond weird. I, and I just, I've had the photo of the balcony up this whole time while mm-hmm. you've been <laughs> describing this because I just, I just don't, like, I'm actually trying to imagine her like slumped in that chair Mm -hmm. and then somehow waking up and going over the side or something like either by accident or on her own accord. Mm -hmm. And I, a have such a hard time envisioning that, but B the idea that like she kind of like, you know, got out of the room, like stumbled out without her shoes on. Like I can see that. I can totally see that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially like, it's the question of like, why did she leave the room? My assumption was she wasn't planning to go far, but I could be wrong. I mean, maybe she, she's 23. Like sometimes when you're on vacation and you're on a cruise ship and you've been drinking, yeah, you would leave the room without your shoes and like go up to the top deck because you do want a coffee. And it's like summertime. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not summertime, yeah. it was March, but like, you know what I mean? It's warm. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's, she's already like, again, no sleep. She's been drinking, had a couple of cigarettes. Like she could be like, well, I might just like go run upstairs and grab a coffee now or something. I can't sleep. A total, you know? I can totally see it. Like I'm trying to yeah. really trying to put my, my, my head in like her head space and I can totally mm-hmm. see it. It's, and what's crazy too is I'll get into this later, but there are a couple of witnesses. It's unconfirmed, but they were up early that morning. They think they might've seen Amy outside of her room, which again, when I heard <laughs> that, I was like, okay, so the overboard thing is a crock like that's nothing mm-hmm. <laughs> clearly but they said yeah i saw like a young woman who had short hair couldn't exactly tell like if it was this girl because it was like at a distance but it, like two witnesses saw her getting into an elevator allegedly carrying a lighter and cigarettes sounds like amy lynn bradley to me yeah so then let's see what the family does next so the bradley family they've already contacted extended family back in the states they've explained the situation that family has already gotten in touch with the fbi because this is an extremely serious case like a potential trafficking case even at a time where trafficking was not not heavily discussed you know even in certain circles of law enforcement this is the late 90s and they kind of just described how completely neglected this whole thing was by the crew and captain. And believe it or not, this is when <laughs> this is difference county versus federal. I, I guess Cruz is going to be the new county for us, <laughs> <laughs> Cruz police. But the FBI, they jump quick on this. They really do. Um, it's technically out of their jurisdiction because, again, maritime law. And it's crazy that they have to ask the ship permission to come on and conduct an investigation, which the ship does give permission. They step in, and I think they initially 
meet them at their next port or yeah, where they dock next, which is St. Thomas. And they speak with security. What they learn, Stu, upon like starting their investigation and interviewing security, they never actually even search the ship. <gasps> I swear to Christ, if there's not a settlement, this is... I was fuming. <laughs> I was fuming doing this research. Didn't even actually search the ship. What they basically <sighs> did, the security, their full sweep that they told the Bradley family, they searched the common areas. And they were like, oh, well, she's not in this dining hall. They didn't check rooms. They didn't check like at, like private quarters or like anything. Like They didn't do any of that. So the FBI is like, I'm sorry. <laughs> what? What? And they like go straight to the captain too. So... Again, this seems like a deliberate violation of protocol. On the part of the captain, I would say it was his negligence. So it starts to feel almost like a conspiracy, like we discussed. Like, it seems like maybe something is going on here. Like, there's a reason that everybody's kind of, I don't know, like, just like sitting on their thumbs kind of thing. Like, they're not doing anything. So the FBI, they're very furious. They launched their own investigation to jump in on this and they do a bomb search of the entire ship which is like every nook and cranny every single room every closet all of the the private quarters they even use dogs she's nowhere so at this point by the time they're in saint thomas it is clear that amy is no longer on that ship so it's either that she was tossed overboard or she jumped overboard or she was captured and abducted it's not even clear not even clear which country she's in was she taken off the ship in carousel or was she taken off the ship at st thomas you know so they don't even know she's alive at this point you can imagine for this family that's on the brink of insanity after dealing with this captain (laughs) that they had the chance to make an announcement and find her within the first couple of hours of her disappearance and he deliberately did the opposite of that as to not cause a panic i hope that man lives with shame every (laughs) single day of his life Gen- genuinely, I really do. I people say don't wish ill on others. I wish ill on that man. It's it's absolutely baffling. And baby, I've said it before that I don't like a cruise, and now I really don't like a cruise. I know. I, if there's anything, <laughs> this is the final nail in the coffin for us getting on crime cruise. I think it's over. <laughs> I really do. I think it's dead and buried I, at this point. Oh my god! I. But, <sighs> What was I going to, oh, th- th- the other crazy part about this, and I guess sort of like cruises in general, like we- we've been discussing with maritime law and everything, is it's like it's it's as if you're out on this, your own little entity and country out on yes. the water. Oh my God. So it's like, it, it's like a no floating island. Bar. Like, yeah. yeah. And so you get, like, they can do that, which is just the craziest thing that they can make up their own rules, basically. And I just don't know why. I, I I genuinely like you're saying you wish ill on this man like I do too because I just don't know why you would choose that route why uh, well unless there's some real conspiracy here and he this is a larger trafficking scheme and he's getting a kickback he's get he's an he's the enabler to the whole operation is allegedly I mean this is a possibility but it was the only thing that I could justify in my mind I'm like He's either completely uncaring and negligent, but the sole purpose of the captain is to protect exactly. your passengers. That is the whole job. It's either that he's negligent or there's something going on here. So then, by the, the FBI, I mean, they're like kicking ass in this investigation. By the time the brother relays that strange bit of information about that band member, Yellow, who approached him before the formal announcement that Amy was missing, 
the FBI is like, oh, we want to talk to him. We want to talk to this man. This is what's tricky because it becomes like a he said, he said thing because there's no substantial evidence other than that there's footage of them talking the night before. And then he, the brother claims this guy had prior knowledge about the disappearance. When they finally get yellow into an interrogation, it's unclear if they were actually able to rule him out, but he just says, he just denies it. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I never went up to the brother and said that. And they just have nothing to go on. That's the problem. So it's just, it's a really sad situation. I think when a family gets to this point, when they're searching for a missing person, but the FBI is still uncovering clue after clue because they can't crack the thing with this band member. But what they do find when the family eventually asks the ship, you know, we want all the photography of Amy because there were formal pictures that were taken on that ship while she was there. Like, we just want to see if that leads to anything. Deleted. She was the only passenger aboard this ship because every per- like passenger who had formal photos taken, it's connected to a passenger number. That's how they keep a log of it. Every single passenger still had their photos. Hers had been purged from the system for whatever reason. This is when we get into some, there's some real potential conspiracy here that there was a larger operation going on on this ship, allegedly. Royal Caribbean, I swear to God, don't don't even try it. Don't even come for me. I mean, that right there is the biggest, like, that's the most damning damning thing is that she was the only one on a 2,000 plus person ship, the yeah. only photograph. Like, are you kidding? That means something. I don't know if it means that there's a whole, you know, like trafficking ring, but it certainly means between that and the amount of time it took for the captain to make a decision on, you know, uh, making the announcement, somebody knew something. I think so. I mean, there's just too many weird coincidences surrounding Amy Lynn Bradley. I mean, her first night there, the multiple waiters who were trying to get her off the ship in Aruba, and then the band members who pursue her. Right. It's uh, the captain being so, like, avoidant of the protocol to try to find this girl. And now we've got people, like, literally people who must have access to, like, the internal computer systems for this cruise. Like, that seems like a web. That seems like a web of an operation or something. Well, and here's the other thing I was thinking about. There's a part of me that was thinking, I don't want to jump ahead like to theories too, too much, but like that, let's say it wasn't this like nefarious trafficking thing, but that she went up to the top deck and like wanted to get a coffee and then Mm -hmm. somewhere else she fell off of the boat. I would think somebody would have seen her maybe that worked there and was like, we need to cover this up immediately. And Mm -hmm. like, get rid of the stuff it's early on in the morning nobody else is really up and at them yet we can cover this so it could have been a thing can... of like just like covering their own i mean it could be a, yeah. the same case in either scenario like even if it they suspected it was like an abduction and she was taken yeah. off the ship it's still like an open it's an open liability for them even though totally. there's no like legal ramification for them it's great crazy because i was thinking about this other case that i've covered so sad a mom who went on like a girl's trip cruise she like met a guy at the bar and like people people drink like heavily at these bars and they like went up to the top deck together and there's like thermal camera footage of these final moments. She it looked like she was pushed off the top deck oh. into the ocean because literally she's sitting there on the top deck I guess with this guy 
And then you see her body go flying. And then instead of him reporting it, he just walks away. And he hasn't even been named because like they can't do a single thing to try to prosecute this guy because of the open water laws. It's so crazy. You could be murdered on a cruise ship. Murdered on a cruise ship and no, like your killer can't even see a day in court. <sighs> so. How does Nancy go on these cruises without? <laughs> <laughs> when the check clears, the check clears, that's right, honey, that's baby. Right, that's right. <laughs> Happy holidays. I bet she also Grace. has like a damn. She probably has a damn like harness on her at all times. One hundred percent. Oh, boat. she's she travels with a she, open carry for Nancy on the cruise. One hundred percent. So, eventually, what's devastating about this is that the search efforts do grind to a halt. I think the the Bradley family they would end up leaving Carousel, which is must have been such a devastating decision, where they just realized that we can pursue this further if we're in the U.S. and we're dealing directly with the FBI. Maybe we can come back, but they had to leave the country. They had to leave the country and go back home, which just broke my heart, this part of the story. But I do want to keep pressing on for this last little bit because mm -hmm. this is when we get into some of the real, real conspiracy that she's still out there. We have a ton of witness statements that come in from Carousel of people who think they have seen Amy Lynn Bradley. Now up and to this point with the case, the question of what really happened to Amy, is she abducted? Would she go overboard? Like It's kind of up in the air for people, but then we get this flood of witness statements that come in months to years following the disappearance that would suggest she was absolutely trafficked and is currently being held captive as a sex worker in one of these countries. For one, we do have those two initial statements from the witnesses who claimed to see her between 5.15 to 5.30, that weird tight window where they saw her outside of the room, they think, a woman with cigarettes and a lighter going up in the elevator. Okay, we've got that. That seems pretty concrete that at least we know she was probably out of the room. Then, in August of 1998, you're going to die over this, there was a computer engineer who was vacationing on one of the beaches of Carousel. And he claimed to see a white woman who was walking along the beach, and she was accompanied by two very large and intimidating men on either side of her, basically like escorting her down the beach. And she noticed him from afar because I think even from a distance, he said it looked like she could tell that he could speak English. And it became extremely clear to him that she was trying very hard to get his attention to like say something to him without like alerting the men that she was with. He did clock that she had several tattoos, which he would later trace back to that of Amy Lynn Bradley, the same tattoos when she went no. missing. And said so that the closer that he got to her and she got to him, he would later compare this like picture of Amy Lynn Bradley once he connected all the dots later on. He is dead certain, dead certain it is the same girl. And this is like five months after she went missing. So at the time, he didn't know it was Amy Lynn Bradley, but he was like, this looks like a girl who's in trouble, who's like trying to get my attention. So he tried to like, discreetly follow her and the guys to this cafe. And then one of the men who was handling her allegedly noticed him and then just like quickly like ushered her away. And then he he lost her. Like they ushered her away and like went somewhere and he just couldn't find them again. Oh but, my God. So that was the initial witness statement. And he was really instrumental in helping them compile the composite sketch of the woman. Actually, you can see some of the composites. Uh, yeah. 
I'm very curious to see how you feel about those, those initial composites that come out of like this woman that they think is Amy. This one with the long hair, this comes, I think, over a year or two later. I, I think the sketches look just like her. They really do to me. I mean, that's to me, it's very, it's very clearly that is a white woman who fits the description of Amy Lynn yeah. Bradley. Thin lips. She has a very narrow nose. Like that's... Like I, I, I can I, hear you sifting through I, pictures. I, I know you are going down the rabbit hole right now. Yeah. You know, when I look at the one with the two, uh, like the bodyguards, basically, yeah. I mean, I can see that. And maybe it's just because I have the visual, but I can see that scenario playing out. And I think as a woman, I know that like I would be doing the same exact thing, like staring at that person in their eyes, being yeah. like, please read my eyes right now that I'm in trouble and you look familiar to me. Like, that's what that's, chills me about it. Like That's so chilling. Just like the having to, like knowing that she's trapped in this scenario too. And it's, I'm sure it was devastating for the family to leave, but hearing something like that five months down the line after you've left the country, like left Carousel, it's like... <sighs> Oh, God. But that's not the only witness statements, do. So this was, I mean, that was the first one that came in five months after the disappearance. Then, about a year later, 1999, there was a Navy petty officer who went to a brothel in Carousel. And he claimed to have met a woman who said her name was Amy Lynn Bradley. And she begged him for help and said that she was being held there against her will. This man claimed to have left the brothel I, I've got to, like, I, this story, the men have truly failed everyone in this story. Like, between <sighs> the captain and this guy, he never reported the incident to his higher-ups for fear that it would compromise his career in the Navy. So he waited, waited until he retired to mention that, that he saw this. Just, like, the lowest <laughs> of the low. As if that does any more to like not taint your reputation. Yeah. Absolutely useless. So he never reported this. And by the time he did any sort of subsequent investigation, which would lead them back to this alleged brothel, it was gone. Like it was an abandoned location where clearly whatever pop-up brothel was run out of that place had now been moved to a different area within the country. But it seemed like a pretty concrete witness statement, unless this guy was just completely making it up for him to say, she said her name was Amy Lynn Bradley, but again, it's suggesting that now that more than a year has gone by, whoever has her in this like sex slave ring, they intend to keep her alive long term. So then we get another witness statement. This one comes from a woman, Stu. She was vacationing in Barbados in 2005, and she claimed she was in the woman's restroom when a woman came running in, she did not know it, it might have been Amy Lynn Bradley at the time, came running in very upset and crying. And she was accompanied by three large threatening men who, what she could gather from the conversation, although it was hushed, they had basically said, if you don't follow through with this deal, they're going to hurt, like we're going to hurt you. And then the men left the bathroom and Amy broke down and the woman approached her, you know, asked her, are you Okay. And eventually was able to find out from her, you know, she said her name was Amy and that she was a girl from Virginia, just like Amy Lynn Bradley. And according to this witness, it was in this moment that the three men came back into the bathroom. They grabbed her and ushered her away quickly. And she just like couldn't find her after that. But this was the last reported witness 
statement of anyone potentially seeing Amy Lynn Bradley. And of course, it led to another composite, which is what you would see in the Reddit thread. I think that's the composite with the wild hair. Which then led, you'll see on picture number nine, to the other picture that surfaced. This was allegedly from, I think, a some kind of like erotic like video that was getting put out or like it was on an erotic website or I think like a an escort website from Carousel. That photo of the wild hair, you look at it, picture number nine, the wild mm-hmm. hair woman. And people were like, this looks like, like a done up, like older Amy Lynn Bradley. Is it her? I really wanted to add this picture because I want to hear what you think about the ear, the curve of the ear and the earrings on it. I can see how someone might think it looks like her, but to me, like it looks like she would have had to have like plastic surgery done or something just, but like a lot of the structure of like the face and the hair and the ears that kind of, but that the nose and the mouth and look just so different to me. But I think it looks the same. That, like, to me, it looks like makeup. To me, this looks like a lot of makeup, heavy makeup and teased hair and maybe less weight. But her eyes almost look like wall-eyed or something. It's it's really hard to tell. It's such a poor quality picture. But I I don't know. For me, I'm very on board with the possibility that that could be Amy. Because no one ever yeah. came forward to like claim who this woman was otherwise. Well, and also, I mean, let's not forget, too, that she could have been battered and abused during totally. this time. So Absol- she I'm sure she was. I'm sure she face. was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, actually, there is another picture that surfaces, I think, from... This is either from Barbados or Carousel. It came up online of a woman. It's picture number 11, who mm-hmm. some people think that might be Amy Lynn Bradley today. <sighs> because she would be a middle-aged woman at this point, close to it. Oh, that honestly breaks my freaking heart to even think about that, that she would still be... Out there and kept alive. Out there. Oh, my God. But I will say, since 2005, there have been no other witnesses that have come forward. And by March 2010, in the U.S., Amy Lynn Bradley was officially declared dead. Although the mystery of her case, and whether or not she is still out there somewhere, is a very heavy topic for debate. And I will say, just before we jump into really the only two avenues for theories, which is, I think, overboard or abduction... Mm-hmm. I will just say that it's it's a haunting case to me to keep sort of reliving and rehashing because I'm very aware while I speak about it that it's entirely possible in this moment she is still out there right now alive just like waiting in carousel for someone to find her. I can't even like process that from the idea of like from being her parents that were like wanting to stay there for as long as they could. I I don't know if they've ever gone back. I'm sure that that's like way too painful and just downright scary, but I would be so curious to know like if they have ever had any inclination like one way or the other about if she's alive or dead. I actually have no idea. I mean, with the declaration of her being pronounced dead in the U S it seemed like a chapter of closure and I don't know really what they believe. I I haven't looked too much into it, especially since there hasn't been 
a proper like witness statement since 2005, how they feel like now approaching 2024, if she's still out there somewhere, but it's entirely possible. It's to say if she was kept alive through 2005, who's to say they wouldn't keep her alive as long as they possibly could, whoever it mm-hmm. is who has her. Oh God, this, this one, it's, it's like a mix between like Jennifer Fairgate and totally like Michael. Um, oh my gosh, that we just covered the oh, UCLA Negri. case. Yeah, Michael Negri. Negri. Yeah, like it's this weird mix of just like what something that should have been like a luxurious, glamorous place, and all a of a sudden, place. Within, it should be safe. Yeah, like there, cruise ships should seconds, be safe. It's over. Yeah. <sighs> And I would never, I mean, I would never blame anybody in her family. I don't blame her brother for not like, you know, being like 100% by her side on the dance floor because I think their guard was down because they were, they seemed like smart kids. I mean, she was offered something that was sketchy was to get off the ship and go party with these random guys in Aruba. And she said, no, I'm I'm here and I'm hanging out with my brother. And they hung, they, they both made sure they got back together to the room, you know? Yeah, that's, that's the other crazy part is that like, like I said at the beginning, that all was they had made it through the witching hour safe. Like everything was fine. Exactly. You don't think about these things happening at like five. In the, and what's crazy too is like, if she was abducted, even let's say by this character like Yellow, he would have. It would have almost had to have been opportunistic in a mm-hmm. way, because how could he know that she was going to like leave her room at five fifteen in the morning? And how, what are the chances he would be out as well? Unless it was like they're packing up, I don't know, like their luggage and stuff from the band because they were getting off the ship because they, like I said, they were locals. So like the whole band is like deboarding to like fully deboard. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just seemed opportunistic unless there was a larger scheme going on where like upper management or, you know, proper crew or even the captain is in on this trafficking ring because it's that lucrative for whatever reason. God, I really don't want to believe that it would like ever go as high up as like the captain. Like, I think that he just made a really, he made a series of dumb decisions when it came to like helping out these people, probably for his own ego and protecting himself. But Mm -hmm. I, I definitely like do not, I, I, certainly don't rule out the possibility that these locals were, I mean, hello, it's on camera that he's clearly following her throughout the night. Yeah. Like they're aware of her, you know, like, yeah. And it seems like multiple people who worked for this ship and this cruise liner, they were aware of Amy Lynn Bradley. Mm -hmm. I'm just doing some research now. I'm trying to look up. I'm like, who the hell was the captain? (laughs) I just got to see a pic. You know what I mean? If he is at all, still captain captaining it better not be for crime con because i swear to god i mean uh crime cruise crime cruise let's see because if we ever get an invite you're already going to be dragging my ass but if i find out that he's the captain (laughs) i know well i will say getting on this ship is i believe still in operation to this day wow it has since been updated i mean that's that's a harrowing thought but let's see yeah first launched in 1996 yeah, it's been in operation since 1997 all the way to the present day. 
So I guess no cruises for us. I was going to go into like some extensive theories, but I kind of feel like we've almost talked through them, really, because I, I think we can just right off the bat, oh, maybe I'm just jumping the gun, but we can probably rule out overboard, right? Yeah, I mean, I or I think if she went overboard, it was certainly like not on her own accord. Like, I think that she might have, like, I think that you could only say that maybe she woke up in a little bit of a stupor from drinking and... Mm-hmm somehow was trying to look over the edge of the balcony or something and fell. But actually for me, it makes more sense to think that she walked out of the room to like, go get a coffee or whatever, like we were kind of saying, and then Mm -hmm. went up to an area of the ship where she was compromised. Like she slipped or, and it's so early in the morning. Like I could totally see that happening. I also had a thought just now that, I was trying to think, I was like, well, where is she going if she's leaving the room that she like has to like run out there really quick? Like what would what would prompt that? It's either that you need something or maybe you have to retrieve something you think you lost. So mm-hmm. I was also trying to pair that in my mind. I'm like, well, what is that scenario? What does that look like with her running into one of the band members or this guy, Yellow? Did she think that she left something in the disco area, like in the club area? And she was like, yeah. oh, shoot oh my God, I left like my card up there or I left like my my guest pass or something. You know what I mean? Like I dropped it. Let me just go run up there real quick and see if they're open yet. So she just like runs out of the room without her shoes. It's super early, grabs her cigarette and her lighter. And maybe when she's up there, she runs into yellow and it is just as quick and dirty as like he pulls a pocket knife and says, get in my room, get in my room. If you don't stay quiet, if you stay quiet, you'll be fine. If you don't, we'll kill you. And it's just, it's as quick as that to just get her locked in a cabin Mm -hmm. and then figure out a scheme. We've got a girl who's coming off the ship in about an hour. We're going to get her out through a laundry basket. She's going to stay quiet. We're going to get her in your car. And that it's as quick and awful as that to traffic somebody off a cruise ship and into another country. It's also making me curious, like what the the statistics are as to how often it happens like off of a cruise ship like well baby Bardai is that at my fingertips so you just give me a moment <laughs> and I'm gonna look it up hold on because of course like we cover I just always think on land it's so it's so has to be so much easier to do that but mm-hmm. now I'm really freaked out like thinking about how often this might be happening on cruise ships it's a good question I mean I don't know It's a good point that you're making because I'm actually not sure if it helps or hurts the situation if you're running a trafficking scheme. I suppose it's a contained space and you would probably learn someone's patterns very quickly, especially if they're adhering to an itinerary, like where Mm -hmm. they're going to be when there's not a lot of foot traffic. Let's see what it says. Cruise ship disappearances are complex and unfortunately not entirely transparent of an issue. I wonder why. Hmm. Um, so there are estimates. So the Cruise Victims Association estimate estimates over 200 disappearances in the past 20 years. That's not as many as I thought, which is encouraging, but like they're suggesting, it's probably gravely underreported. Yeah. Um, but again, most of these disappearances appear to be from self-inflicted like jumps overboard mm-hmm. or accidental falls overboard. It seems like foul play is very low on the list. So I don't want anybody to be like listening to this and they're like terrifying, like absolutely terrifying to go on a cruise. I don't know that the cruise is the problem. I think whether if the captain was 
innocent, I think inaction is the problem. And people not mm-hmm. recognizing the telltale signs of potential trafficking is the problem. And it, it was the 90s, but these were vigilant parents. These were This was a family that was up within the hour and alerting the proper people who were supposed to help them. And they never did. Never even searched the ship. It's a, it's a tra- like tragedy, truly. It is. It is. I know this was a bit of um, like a low case to go on, but is there any last, last minute things that you want to throw in about her story? And do you think, I will leave you with this, do you think that she could still be out there somewhere? In the weirdest way, I almost think she could be. I don't know why. Is it that last picture? Does that last picture do anything when you're looking at it? Do you feel like that could be her? Do you feel like that's not her? I know I know it's like really impossible to tell. It's like how could you even discern? There's there's almost a part of me and I know that this is really outlandish and out there, but she strikes me as the type of person that like just from that story of her looking in the guy's eyes, like she seems like a survivor or would try to get out of it and I I don't know if there's a part of her that because she was so young and she was in a foreign country, like, is there a potential there that maybe she did somehow get out, but just like now is living there, like trying to remain, totally, you know, uh, like out of the fray sort of like, doesn't know how she could ever possibly get back home to her family, but has somehow gotten out of there. She may not know. even, she may not even be of sound mind. I mean, yeah. this, this, just horrible things to someone's psyche, I can imagine. So she she may not even be lucid of her situation. She's been in it for so long. We're talking 25 years, possibly, of confinement and abuse. So that's a really twisted thing to think about, like, you know, even if she technically has her freedom and she's out somewhere as a homeless woman in Carousel, it's like she may not even have the notion like, I need to mm-hmm. alert somebody because this has been her norm for so long. Right. It's so oh. awful. How, how, do, how do you feel about it? I'm, I know I, usually you just ask me, but I'm so curious what you think. As It's such a weird feeling because I'm part of me, of course, wants to believe that she's out there somewhere and she's found, but another part of me does not. Because I don't mm-hmm. want to imagine that she has survived through all of yeah. this, which I, I know it sounds creepers. Bear with me. I know it sounds like counterintuitive, and like that's not what this is about. Like, of course, we always want someone to survive, but to think about how the the greater part of her life was spent in confinement on, under the thumb of abuse and trafficking and really sex slavery in this scenario, I don't want to imagine that she she stayed through that and like had to live through that. Um, I don't know if this final picture really is of her. I can certainly see why people say that, but what I would like to see whether or not she is alive are answers to what really happened on that case. And I would love one day for that captain and Royal Caribbean (laughs) to take responsibility for the situation that they exacerbated here. God help that captain if we ever get a hold of him. Baby, you don't even want to know. But that's probably a, a nice and 
<clears throat> lighter note for us to end on. Thank you for listening through to the story. I know that was a heavy one. Creepers, thank you for sticking around, but it's post-Christmas, so we got to get you with the heavy hitters. I'm happy we talked through her story because, again, as big as it was, you don't hear about it very often. It's not even yeah. a popular one that's like covered on like Unsolved Mysteries or any of those shows. They don't talk about this case a lot. Yeah, I'm shocked I hadn't heard of it before this. Yeah, Creepers, I want you to let us know what your theories are and sort of what you think about the case and how you feel about the whole unfolding of the search because of all the cases I've looked at, this is probably the quickest I've seen a family act for a disappearance, like within the hour. So I'm just curious to see how people feel about this one. But of course... We are going to catch you guys on the next one. I want to thank you, Stu, for listening through to my hefty story. And with that, I think we are good to say goodbye. Good luck, creepers. Good luck with your families if you're still at home. I know. Take take creep time out on a walk with you and, you know, decompress. I was like, just just don't go in the woods. If you listened to the episode, last episode, please don't go in the woods. That's right. We'll catch you on the next one, guys. Bye. Bye, guys.